And now, two pigeons bemoaning the fact you can stream DirecTV satellite-free. You see this? A family watching baseball on DirecTV with no satellite dish in sight. Let's heckle them. You call that changing the channel? Choke up on the remote, buddy. I hope getting all these games on DirecTV makes up for your mother not pre-chewing your sunflower seeds. DirecTV has the most MLB games. Visit DirecTV.com. Claim based on total games offered on national and regional sports networks with choice package or higher. Availability of RSNs varies by zip code and package. High-speed internet service required. Terms and restrictions apply. On today's episode of The Glue Guys, I'm going to ask Brian six burning questions about the NBA's hottest team, your Brooklyn Nets. Fired up. Get right into it. to the glue guys this is mike here say hello brian hello. check us out on twitter at bk glue guys netsdaily.com the athletic get yourself behind the paywall at the athletic.com slash glue guys that's a mini under the yard house uh, brian michael yes we're officially streaking mike nba it's a Take real streak. nba you guys try to bring us down with your conspiracy theories yeah. this yeah. team will not bend no won't break. Well, they did bend, but they yeah, won't break. They won't break. Um, we're on a heck <laughs> of a streak, Mike. We are the uh, preeminent podcasters of the NBA's hottest team, the Brooklyn Nets. Uh, <laughs> this weekend, what? The, the net, this weekend, I, I got a lot of joy out of this. I don't know if anyone else did. The Boston Celtics lost two games to the Magic. The Magic played two games mm. in Boston, a Friday and a Sunday. The Magic beat them. In tough both of those out. games, tough to figure out those Orlando Magic. How do, how do you know? How do we figure them out all the time? I don't get They're it. They're a tough team. That's a they, tough, I mean, scrappy squad. They're rolling out a lineup of uh, Markel Fultz and then four seven footers essentially, yeah. and uh, they just they just embarrass Boston. While your Nets, your Brooklyn Nets, Brian, are firmly within the top four in yeah. the Eastern Conference. They, in fact, are beginning to distance themselves from. The Philadelphia 76ers, they have three wins over the Sixers, who are the fifth seed. The Knicks are actually doing okay. Yeah. Are they real or the are they fugazi? I can't tell. Well, like I saw people saying uh, something like Julius Randle's up up for the trade deadline or something. And all mm-hmm. this. I mean, I don't know. I feel like the Knicks will stay where they are. But we're a Nets podcast. Party. Yeah. And Screw the Nets them. are H-O-T. Double, double T. I'm throwing two T's on there. Double T, I-E. They're hotties. The hotties. There's a bunch of hotties. That, the game against Detroit was, was a really good... It was an important. <laughs> well, it was an important one because it was like a disgusting game, right? Like, and then yes. we had to have some heroics from our hero players to to get us out of it. But like, those are the kind of games where um, we really use the hero you that test the metal. you have that you don't want. <laughs> yeah, right. No, I mean this is we spoke about this in our lengthy pre-production um, meeting. But my favorite thing, my favorite part of the persecution complex of the Kyrie extended universe. <clears throat> His stands as as we call them um, is when they come in your mentions like you're like hey the Nets are good and Kyrie's good or whatever and I'd be like oh oh 
oh, you like Kyrie now. Like, you didn't like him when he was posting <laughs> anti-Semitic documentaries, but now all of a sudden you like him when he's playing basketball at a high level? Like, like what? what explain that to me. <laughs> yeah, yeah, like, that's, yeah. You... That's, <laughs> assholes yeah you know yeah that's that's basically our policy with Kyrie. yeah yeah, <laughs> yeah. if he's playing great we will like it would be rude to not to to not praise him yeah if he's playing fantastic i, I like Kyrie Irving when he when he plays basketball at a high level and we win games that's that's easy for me to say guys if, if that's the don't don't rake me over the coals with that one because because i'll go with you well let me ask you this so i this is i have six burning questions for you about you, the nba's hottest team the brooklyn nets one of them is it's Kyrie definitely on this team throughout the entire season, and I will give context, right? Obviously, in the offseason when the, the Nets and him were haggling over a contract, and I heard a pretty uh, key data point about that was from Brian Windhorst was on Ryan Russillo's pod, and they were talking about Kyrie, and Windhorst and Russillo were both like, the Nets offered him a contract. The thing that they put in there was a games played clause. Like, mm-hmm. they were saying, Kyrie, you need to play these amount of games. It was a legit moneyed contract and Kyrie was just no I'm not I will not accept that yeah so to kind of clear up a little bit of the confusion over whether the Nets even offered him a real deal or not so Kyrie has the offseason odyssey he has the anti-semitic documentary that he promoted on Twitter and Instagram and then the whole controversy that followed after that the suspension for i think 9 games and he comes back and i will say this in december here's his statistics ever since he kind of settled in mm. 29 points per game 5 assists 6 rebounds gorgeous just and game winner against toronto but there was still this idea that if the nets could flip kyrie for something real not russell westbrook and two first round picks because <clears throat> russ real, on this team would just be disgusting yeah as 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 nicely as russ is playing him and Ben Simmons together would just we all know I if without even thinking about it, we can see that in our brains. You know, James Cameron, director of Avatar Two Way of Water. And writer of True Lies and um <laughs> and kind of incredible. <laughs> just real quick, Brian so Brian, people don't know, Brian is uh, a film genius. A, 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 yeah, a cinephile, really. A cinephile. Yeah. And and you we were having a conversation. I watched True Lies, the James Cameron film for the first time. And uh, I have to ask you which line it's that you... The, I, I'm, I dare even the, say it on the podcast. Is but it the butt of a 10-year-old boy? It's the butt of a 10-year-old <laughs> yeah. So that's Bill. not in the script, by the way. <laughs> oh, really? That I he, he had to the, like, whisper that in his ear, like, Bill, say this. Or Bill Paxton I, you can't add, that. You cannot ad-lib a, a line that incendiary in front Any, of all those people. <laughs> anyone who's watched True Lies recently, which is probably no one... Yeah. True Lies is an Arnold Schwarzenegger, James James Cameron movie where Arnold Schwarzenegger is this spy mm-hmm. married to Jamie Lee uh, Curtis. Jamie Lee Curtis. And Bill Paxton is trying to take Jamie Lee Curtis away as yeah. a sexual partner. And he says, the women I am with have the buttocks of a 10-year-old boy. Yeah, it's a, and in like a good way. He says that in a good way, right? That's Which is very just odd. a very weird line. Um, and then we were talking about it on the phone. And then there's the seminal... Um, no pun, no pun intended. Line in Point Break in the beginning where he says, "Young, dumb, and full of fill in the blank." Yeah, and uh, and I was like, "Those are two of the like weirdest lines in film." And like, where did they come from? We did the research, went back into it, looked at the wiki for Point Break, find that James Cameron was a consultant for writing the script of Point Break, and so because his wife Catherine Bigelow, right, or you know, whatever, whatever, whatever they were, were at that point, yeah. 
yeah, and, and directed just indirectly had pieced together that James Cameron is behind both of the most insane lines in film history. Completely insane. Yeah. And yet, I'm going to go see Avatar Way of Water 2 tonight, and I am thrilled. Keep, keep, an, uh, keep an ear out. I'm going like. to keep an ear out from t- for 10-year-old boy <laughs> butt jokes, <laughs> yeah. which is just completely... It's, but the funny thing yeah. is, Bill Paxton has like 20 things within that, that scene that are yeah. things that are insane. Insane. Anyways. Anyways. Speaking of insane, Kyrie. Yeah. Um, so there's this Plain idea insane. that Kyrie, you know, still could be had, right? Or maybe not recently, but maybe just a couple of weeks ago. The Nets don't want anything to do with Kyrie. They're never going to bring him back on a new contract next season. And I'm not even talking about next season. Do you think what has happened? Because this team is 10 and 11 over the past 11 games. They are on a six-game winning streak which is fantastic. Mm-hmm. Um, they are winning games in the clutch with Kyrie being one of the central figures, if not at times the <laughs> central figure. Mm-hmm. I don't want to say is this solved. Kyrie, of course, could do something completely ridiculous and off the court and just ruin it all. Do you think it's contained? Do you think that, that, that this is the squad and that Kyrie is – a pillar on this team just going forward just this year. I think he's already cemented the trade deadline situation. I I don't, I don't, I still don't think the, I think the market is tricky still. And there's not um, other sort of star player kind of, it's just a tough thing to like trade Kyrie for anybody. So that gets market wise. It's difficult. And then also just, he's playing so well right now that it's going to be diminishing returns anyways. Um, and then I think you got to see if there's if there's a deep playoff run in this squad, Mike. Um, I think you got it. You got to see it. You got to see it. This this team as uh, an ethical backbone as they've had in certain circumstances, whether it's a vaccine or an anti-Semitic film, they've also completely talk about Ben don't break. They've broken their back in half for Kyrie multiple times. Yeah, and I think with the current play, it, you know because I have trades and I don't know if I really want to dive down the trade because the team is playing so well that I don't want to like do this full trade. Oh, here's all the fake things that they could do. Yeah. But just simply there's a pretty easy Kelly Olenek and Mike Connolly trade for Kyrie. And I was advocating quite loudly for Mike Connolly for Kyrie because I thought Kyrie was so kind of destructive to a team philosophy that you could never win with him. And I think I have to hold on to that viewpoint but he's been playing incredible. And yeah. this is the Kyrie experience where you're, you kind of, you think one thing, like he may mm. think about something, the world is flat. And then suddenly I turn around and he's playing just like electric basketball defining, ball handling, insane out of the water. Like he, he has hit a level this month recently. I think he's shooting like 52% as well from the field within the month of December. Mm-hmm. Um, it's it's hard to then be like, well, but you know, because he's kind of a flaky guy, they yeah. should trade him for Mike Connolly and well, Kelly Olynyk. By really the way, I like Kelly Olynyk. Why do you like, like it? Oh, Kelly Olynyk. I, I don't even. I, I just don't like to look at him again. <laughs> yeah, I hate. I, he looks like a goat. Okay, he looks just. <laughs> this is. We shouldn't do this. This is really mean, but it is. I also well, don't like, like that he. That he's he, chosen to look like a goat. That's true. He's, there is some decision making going on there. Um, it's he not should quite, get like a fade and. Take away the. It's not the quite Chris Kamen, but, but um, can I do a quick? Because he's a three-point shooting. He's shooting forty-two percent from three. He's not a great rebounder, but he's a a semi-ish big body center 
who could play with Ben Simmons. That's what excites Plus, me. Plus, he's a true Wookiee in that he tears people's arms right out of their sockets. You yes. Know? That's he, the, he's, yeah. he, the Nets need someone who will injure Giannis. And Kelly Olenek <laughs> that's, that's will definitely guy. injure Giannis. That's 1,000% the guy. Yeah. I'm actually um, – that's a great point. I'm, I want to be – every time I feel like we play these like really – like I was watching the Toronto game, incredibly handsy defense the entire time. We, we seem to always be on the receiving end of – just like the this new standard of like you can just like if if Kevin Durant's not touching the ball, you can face guard him with like basically in a chokehold. Like you can you can deny him the ball any which way you want. Um and and so I just I'm excited to be I, I want some players where we can be on the other side of that. Like we have good defenders, don't get me wrong. Claxton advocating for himself to be defensive player of the year, which you love to you love to see Fantastic. putting that out into the into the world. Um but that's this is different than good defense. This is injurious, dangerous defense um, that people are scared of. That's we need a little of that. Yeah, and Royce Royce O'Neal will do that a little bit, um, and he's the guy on this team that will do that. Markeith Morris will obviously do it, but he doesn't play enough to really. I don't think that's his life anymore. That he, he seems really chill these days. He's just not about that. Keith. He's, getting, he's getting old, you know. Yeah, <laughs> it's hard. It's hard to keep and that he's up. Got, he's got a load. <laughs> he a does. load of a. A ten-year-old's butt. Yeah, that's he's got of, a. That's, he's got a, a butt a, the size of a ten-year-old. Yeah, truly. Um, but I, yeah, I, I mean, it's so like I, I, I so respect Giannis and the Bucks and all that stuff. What? Don't but do they that. They are, they Don't, are, they are vicious. Don't do that genuflecting, Giannis. They yeah, are I'm tired of that. Vicious, and I hate his brother. Oh. Um. What's which one of his? Who is cares? It? Yeah. Yeah. Anyways, so you think Kyrie is like locked in? Right, I think he's locked in unless uh, there's something completely, of course. I think that crazy for a couple of reasons, it's, it's just he's untradeable right now, and I don't think there's a real, particularly a, a lot of motivation to even test that market. Yeah, I, you know, like I wonder because I've been thinking about the Mavericks and they're sort of disappointing at times. You know, like I continue okay. to think the Mavericks are the team that would make a Kyrie trade. Well, they're on, on the Kemba level. Walker ride right now on that Ferris yeah. wheel. Um, yeah, which so. is like the one good game out of the entire <laughs> yeah. month, but it's like a really good game. It's a really good game. Okay, so my my one burning question, I think we both come on to this, is that Kyrie is locked in. He is part of this team, and he is one of the leaders on the floor and maybe a leader off of it. From what we're told, he's a great great guy in person. Um, and, and so we answer that burning question. Coming back, I have a bunch more for Whoa. you, Brian. Exciting. This episode is brought to you by Michelob Ultra, the official beer sponsor of the NBA. Want to get closer to the game than ever before? Michelob Ultra Courtside is giving fans the chance to win exclusive NBA prizes and experiences like official gear, courtside seats to an NBA game, and more. Head over to MichelobUltra.com courtside to learn more. Looking for an assist with your credit card but can't get a hold of anyone? Luckily, with 24-7, U.S.-based live customer service from Discover, everyone has the option to talk to a real person anytime, day or night. Yep, you heard that right. You can talk to a real human and customer service at any time. Sounds like a real game changer if you ask us. Make the right call and get the service you deserve with Discover. Limitations apply. See terms at discover.com slash credit card. Looking for an assist with your credit card but can't get a hold of anyone? Luckily, with 24-7 U.S.-based live customer service from Discover, everyone has the option to talk to a real person anytime, day, or night. Yep, you heard that right. You can talk to a real human in customer service anytime. Sounds like a real game changer if you ask us. 
Make the right call and get the service that you deserve with Discover. Limitations apply. See terms at discover.com slash credit card. And we're back, Brian. Yeah. You brought up Nick Claxton, player of the year. My second burning question to you is, is Claxton untouchable mm. in a trade? Because I bring this up to think about this. If you look at the names who may be available in terms of centers, Nikola Vucevic, Olenek, Pirtle, <coughs> Narland Noel, Plumlee. Of, of course, Vucevic is the one name that is the starriest of those names. The rest of them are all backups. I mean, not Jakob is a starter, but he's not viewed as sort of like an elite tier of center, where Vucevic at one point was, you know, the NBA sixth best center yeah. and a hub of offense for a team, for a playoff team for many years like the Magic. Nick Claxton is making $8.5 million this year and $8.5 million next year. A steal of a contract. He himself, as you said, has advocated to be defensive player of the year. Yeah. Real quick, what do you, how do you feel about that? Marketing, marketing, marketing. You get you know, Great. people aren't going to be thinking about it unless you start doing a little, you know, working, working the social media. Get out there, get the message out there. Right. Uh, what is it? The greasy wheel or the squeaky yeah, wheel squeaky gets the grease. grease. You got it. Exactly. Absolutely, get that grease. He's second in the NBA in blocks. My real question to you: Not only is he untouchable, is is his place affirmed on this team? Meaning, do we think he is reliable? Enough that like he is the starting center and any center move made on this team is to just to get like a true backup as opposed to having like Ben Simmons be a center for times because I do think Claxton is played so well and fairly consistently this entire year that I am I feel safe in his beautiful, beautiful arms. Yeah, I feel safe. I think there's a. I, I agree. I think oh, he's pretty untouchable. Oh my god! What you hate? You're about to. You're about to. No, I, I'm saying I think he's Claxton. No, I'm not. You I'm zero percent. I, I hate that you're doing this because I'm actually literally not doing. It. I was. I was just about to say I think he's untouchable. Um, okay. I also think like historically as untouchable as a ten year old boy's butt. All right. So. <laughs> no, no, it's in a movie. Yeah. I didn't do it. <laughs> So literally in a film. And I'm also thinking about like the historical like trend of trading away Jared Allen um, and Ugh. just like trading away centers in general. But then there's also like the inverse of that, which is like, then we tend to like replace them with that, like, you know, 20th to the 30th pick. Um, so there is a little bit of, um, you know, there's a reason why they, they, we, why is it that we keep bringing up these guys and then having to be in this uncomfortable position of like, are we, you know, can we afford them going forward? Whatever. Um, that's not really the case right now for Nick, but it, but it will be. Um, so in terms of like actually like replacing him with another starting level center, I don't I don't need that. That's not what my body needs. I do I do agree with the um, the thought process of people who want a back maybe a backup center. Um, although we've been so good right now with just our current weird um, you know mix and match situation. Um, it's not, it's, it's becoming less and less of a high priority. And I get like, to your point from last week, the Jacob Pertle, Jakob, um, <laughs> that, that that's like more in alignment with, I think like our direct needs are, but, um, yeah, I mean, just in terms of like also increasing comfortability, just like the, the ceiling still feels like there's, there's limits yet to the ceiling. I, I still feel like there's growth on a weekly basis from Nick Claxton. Um, and I, you know, you want to see that through. Yeah, I mean, he's averaging about 12 points per game. Again, two and a half blocks, second in the NBA, nine rebounds. So it's not even that he's like, 
you know, I, I know he does get pushed out at times, but I think he's been better this year than, I mean, he muscled up. Yeah. He absolutely beefed up, and it has had a real impact. Well, the other thing is, like, the timing got better. Like, just, you know, experience points. You know, his his XP has been increasing. <laughs> like, now that he's actually, you know, stayed out of the inflatable club, doesn't have mono, um, you know, so on and so forth. That's so, a deep cut. If that's anyone a deep got, cut. Remember that joke. <laughs> that's I appreciate a deep cut all meme. of you. Um, shout out to that person. Um, but, yeah, so I... I, I I think that it's because of he's gotten the increased reps with just a lot of more consistency. Um, and, and like that affects the, the stat line, you know, you just, ha- you're in the position that you need to be. It's, it's not longer like he used to like pogo stick and try to just try to out athleticism people for rebounds. And, um, you know, I just think about this as it like with like good rebounding guards, right? Like how did like Jason Kidd, you know, or like how was Russell Westbrook, like a good rebounder? It's primarily positioning. Well, it's primarily Steven Adams blocking. Uh, sure. Know, you know, Blocking all defenders I mean, from getting the ball. In. Who's who's blo- what? Kmart's doing the the blockouts for for Jason Kidd. I mean, we're doing, we're going back in the annals of history in, here. But yeah. well, I was a Wizards fan then. So yeah, <laughs> you you're watching Gilbert Arena snatch up rebounds. Um, I I so I, I've been trying to think about. We talk about this a lot. Like, where's Claxton on the center tier? I mean, there's the Embiid, Jokic, whatever, right? Um, there's a Demonis Sabonis tier where he's kind of by himself because he's not that great defensively, but he is a tremendous sum of offense for the Kings. Clax is just in that, like the Clint Capella range of I'm reliant on a guard or someone in a pick and roll situation getting the ball and letting me dunk it, but I am very reliable dunking a basketball. I think he has the highest, you know, field goal percentage in the NBA or something like that, which is nothing to scoff at. Oh. Do not, Brian. Dude, no scoff. I don't want you scoffing. Pre scoff. Um, Pre scoff. Um, he's been playing great, and defensively, his versatility. Like we saw it. What was it? The Detroit game where he blocked that final shot. Uh, mm-hmm. Where Detroit shot, and yeah. like that. That is an unusual move for a center to be that mobile and that athletic. The thing that interests me, which dovetails into my third question, my third burning question for you. I think the center question is really over whether Ben Simmons is going to be good enough consistently because he operates at this team backup five at times, whether it's him or Markeith. I mean, Markeith gets some like some minutes, but where are you emotionally with Ben Simmons? Are you because I've been trying to figure out how I feel um, there's there's obviously he's been improving and then he got hurt and then he came back and he's there's been some moments. Yeah, but you still kind of look at that stat sheet and you're like. Oh, he scored six points. Yeah. And he's only shooting the ball within four feet of the rim. Yeah. Yeah. I don't know. I mean, like I've also, and this is a good thing and a bad thing, but I've like keyed into him less. Like, it's just like less of a storyline of like how good is Ben Simmons, which is a good thing. I mean, if he stays at this level, I mean, as long, look, as long as the W's keep happening, I'm, I'm okay with any version of Ben Simmons, but as soon as you, you know, take three L's in a row or something at some point, all right, then, then the storylines reemerge anew and we start like you know playing blame game and that stat line is going to be an easy thing for people to point to be like hey where's the production you know um yeah it, the, this win streak or 10 out of 11 is the best thing for ben simmons to just kind of like he just needed a fly under the radar for a two-month period of time yeah to improve i do want to see what like when they sat everyone against the pacers i want to see more of a, like another game where Kyrie and katie sit and just what is a full Ben Simmons? Everything is kind of on you to run an offense. What that looks like. Mm-hmm. I don't even know if that's like the most helpful thing for this team. Cause he's still, 
and he just, you know, I, as much as my heart, I want the best for Ben. I just want him to be happy and oh, contented on the you. court. What a um, philanthropic I, sentiment. If if I'm being my my cold blooded capitalist though, mm-hmm. and I'm looking to trim fat because that recession's coming, Ben scoring six points a game does impact the team overall because it forces Kyrie and KD to be ultra efficient 30 point per game scores by themselves by the amount of minutes that Ben plays. Mm. So I, I do think when we tie in the center question, it's like if Ben Simmons can get to a point where he's doing the 12 points per game, even that difference or 14, whatever number we want to say that is going to help your Brooklyn nets. Yeah. I mean, I don't know if he'll get there. <clears throat> the other part of it is that like, we're basically averaging 60 points this month between Kyrie and Katie, like, Offense is it's pretty much taken care of. Like that's we've got a lot of um, a lot of that, which is you know partly why the Ben Simmons fit seems to be working. It's just like how much like is it a problem that you just get your six points on like you know whatever seventy percent shooting? Like if that I mean that's not his number presently, but like let's get that up there. Like get him to Nick Claxton numbers. <laughs> um, yeah, yeah. Uh, then then like you know it's just not. It's not a huge need. I mean, again, that changes like overnight if, you know, Kyrie has to miss games or Durant has to miss games. Um, but while, while we keep winning, while, while it's the current paradigm, it's not that big of a problem right now. Well, and, th- and that's the other thing I kind of wanted to bring up because we're, we're, we are going to obsess over trades. You're always going to think about how you can improve the team. But think about the Nets rotation right now. Kyrie, KD, Claxton, Royce O'Neal, Joe Harris, Seth Curry, Ben Simmons, Yuta Watanabe, TJ Warren. Uh, Markeith Moritz gets minutes. Cam Thomas gets minutes. Edmund Sumner gets minutes. It's a lot of dudes. Yeah. And I, this team is very deep when everyone's healthy. Yeah. I mean, the the fact that TJ Warren, who I've been very impressed by, um, in the limit, I mean, coming back, having not played for two years. Yeah. Pretty sharp. Yeah. Um, the, the fact I, like, that, I like watching him play. He's got a weird, super weird, we talked about it, but it's a super weird game. It's pretty enjoyable. And the and, shot and itself t- has like no arc to it. It's just a real dirt, you know? Yeah, it's such yeah. confidence. Yeah, ultimately, like, like he it. knows what he's going to do. The fact that Jock Vaughn, if he starts, let's say you start Katie Kyrie, Ben Simmons, Royce O'Neal, and Joe Harris, or Claxton instead of Joe Harris, off the bench you could bring in Curry, Joe Harris, Yuta, T.J. Warren. That's just a lot of veteran scoring reliability. It does go back into the trade discussion of well, okay, then is Seth expendable is joe harris expendable you know is the right deal going to come along i don't know but this team bry the the thing i will say Mm -hmm. because i didn't really have a burning question for you okay i didn't well in terms of this question about just just self-immolate do do it yourself (laughs) (laughs) um what a great word i love that yeah um i will i will self-immolate this Mm mm-hmm does this team, after this recent streak, are championship expectations appropriate? Re, re-imat, reinserting those championship, not expectations, I guess, but more of like possibility. Oh, it's, a dang- it's a dangerous game, Mike. This Brian, game you're this game, your, you know? this game you play. Self-combust that engine and blow it up inside your heart. Do because I, I will say I thought there was no way this team could win a championship with what was happening with Kyrie and how Ben was just completely unreliable. There was the whole story from, I forget it was Amick or Sham Sharania. I guess it was Sam. Cause we had Sam Amick on the show 
friend of the show, Sam Amick, mm-hmm. uh, talking about how the Nets were upset with Ben Simmons and how it was right. mysterious. They had a, a team he, meeting or something about him. Yeah. And Markeith <laughs> Morris spoke up yeah. and then Markeith Morris on Twitter said, who are these damn sources? And I'm yeah. like, well, it's probably Jacques Vaughn or someone important, yeah. but um, championship expectations, Brian, are you, are you opening up your heart to that possibility? I don't. The one thing that I'll take issue with is your word expectations. Cause okay. I don't, have I have no expectation that I'm not going to fall for that trap again. Okay. We've been, we've been down this road. I am, you know, totally namaste on expectations. You know, I'm just, I'm just in the moment. I'm living in the moment, listening to my heartbeat, feeling the vein, the blood in my veins. You know, I'm just, I'm just present right now. Um, Does that mean like where, where, if I was a betting man, where do I put it? Where do I put my money? Would you put any money on the Nets? Like if the odds, whatever the odds are, they're plus 800 or something to win the champion or whatever it is. Like, is there is there a road to a championship? Here's what is that even on the Google Maps? Or yeah. is it saying, hey, can, you, there's roads blocked. You can't get there. Yeah. You and because, because we've been hurt before in the past, I do, I still yeah. feel like we need to see. Very deeply. We need to see some fat W's over the best of the best out there. Okay. We still need to see that. Um not I think to, that's a very fair yeah. approach. Not to disparage the winning streak that we've been on. I think it's been great. And I, and like I said, winning disgusting, gutsy, like hungover games in Detroit, um, that's that's championship level kind of stuff. You know, like falling out of bed, winning games that you shouldn't have been been in in the first place. Um, you know, that's that's good stuff. You want that's that's the real that's real championship caliber stuff. Um, but I do. I mean, look, our, our games against the Celtics still just suck. Like it just—they're not that. They're—they've been unconvincing to this point. Not to say that they—that's going to be the, the standard from from here on. But um, those types of things I need to see. It, it definitely feels like this team. You talk about hangover. The mm-hmm. Sunday hangover Dude, from was, the Saturday night. I was is super a real thing. hungover for Sunday. Like I—I I was going to stream the game, and I—I I got uh, hard kombucha. Drink like. What's that? It's it's like a it's exactly what Liquor? it sounds like. It's like a bo- it's beer basically that's like in that's born out of a kombucha. I don't know why I did this. This was a terrible idea. This I've never I've never been so um just the entire day. Just What's like, the alcohol content? Is it like a beer? Is it's like it? a seven percenter. Okay. Yeah. Right. It's not it's not nothing to scoff. <laughs> don't scoff, Mike. <laughs> I, I am scoffing at the entire concept that you're drinking <laughs> yeah, alcohol and kombucha. I know, it's really bad. It's it's too on brand. Um the Nets, I think, were drinking that. I mean, yeah. the, the the Pistons game, they were down by 19. We remember back to that Lakers game when they were in L.A. for that the back-to-back in L.A. against Clippers-Lakers, and they got blown out, and Jock Vaughn says. And then they they lost the next game against the Kings, which was a Tuesday, and he's like, our bodies and souls are still <laughs> yeah. in Los Angeles or whatever it is. Yeah. You, 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 ask, you ask to see this team win some games. Mm-hmm. Before we get back to the burning questions, of course, we know the schedule coming up. Play Wednesday at home against the Warriors, the Stephless Warriors. So still, though, it's, yeah. it's a quality team. And then a Friday night game against the Bucks at home. And then they go to Cleveland on the Monday, the day after Christmas. Mm-hmm. And they play the Cleveland Cavaliers, a very competitive team. Um, and down the road, it's like Pelicans and Heat and some fun teams. Boston Celtics, I'm, I'm seeing on the schedule. You know, we're going to find out. We're going to find out. And, and it would be a disappointment. Out of those three games, Warriors, Bucks, Cavs, 
you know, if they don't win one, then everything feels like, okay, everything mm-hmm. was kind of a facade. Yeah. Um, if they win one, then you're like, uh, yeah. If they win two, the difference between one and two wins it's is big. like significant. Yeah. I think. I think so. And the Warriors game should be the easiest yeah. of them all. Um, but still the Warriors and the Bucks. God, if they could beat the Bucks, like if if they go one and one and two, and but they beat the Bucks, I the, will. The hype feel, train is still real. Yeah, I'm gonna be. Yeah. On on Christmas Eve, I'm gonna be enjoying some eggnog. Okay, some victory. <laughs> I heard up. Um, burning question for you: uh, Who do you trust most on the floor of these role players? Mm. Joe Harris, Royce O'Neal, Utah Montanabe, Seth Curry. And I threw TJ Warren in here. I know it's a little preempt. It's just a little early, but I'm throwing TJ in there for now. I'll let you. All you pick two of those guys. Wow. So Joe Royce, Yuta, Seth, and TJ Warren, which is essentially the bench starting <clears throat> wing, yeah, role playing crowd. You know, this is interesting because like there's been a conversation on the Discord. Shout out to the Discord. GG slash glue guys. But don't um, tweet about it. On, uh, at, you, did you see the whole like Twitter policy where you can't promote other really sites like Mastodon? Oh and my gosh! Actually, Discord is left off the list. Like you oh. can promote okay. anything on Discord. Yeah, um, there's odd. kind of a conversation, or has been a time um, being what? chopping up Claxton the- Hampson. No, it, is, is he that, that, that happens a lot. That happens every day. Yeah. Uh, we should make a whole channel for that. Um, but the whether Royce O'Neal is really actually good at defense, or is it just a um, optics thing? And you Royce O'Neal haters. He's, yeah, I know. It's an interesting. He's authentically good at defense. And he's so not this great. Is, yeah, he's good. And so this is why, like for me, you know, with Joe Harris and Seth Curry, like when they're off, it's a big net loss, right on on both sides of the ball. Whereas Royce at least can default back into being a useful. Well, we'll just call it useful defender. Maybe and more so than Joe a little here. bit. He's yeah. still an assist guy. For me, I'm going to say it's Royce. And and I got to tell you, Yuta gets like the, like, I am, cons- he's been the most consistently, I mean, he had like one game with, it was like two points, but it wasn't like he was like, um, like obviously bad or whatever. He's never been like conspicuously not trying as hard. It's just like, is, is a great role player to have because he's, um, he only does things that make you, like it's still unexpected every time he shoots a three and it goes in. And even though that's like, like still continues to happen at an improbable rate. Um, it's just, uh, he's, it's just been magical so far. And until it stops being magical, he's getting a, he's getting all of my minutes. Uh, we've talked about this so many times before. I am really protecting my heart against, I know uh, the fallout. Cause of Yuta. I can't yeah. believe because I can't, it can't be possible that this guy, cause he is so fun, so active, you know, what was it? Jaden Ivy dunked all over his face. Yeah, didn't even care. Didn't battle Ash. I think Yuto was also like the guy who got posterized by someone last year, and it was like the number one dunk of the year. Anthony Edwards. Yeah. Yeah. And <clears throat> and but to me, that's actually a credit. It's how like Jared Allen used to get dunked on all the time. It's because he's actually trying to stop the you, dunks. Yeah. You you want to play rim protection with the big dogs? You're gonna get dunked on here and there. That's you know. Yeah. There's so many guys who just get out of the, like ultimately. There's times when Kevin Durant just vacates yeah. i don't mean to take a shot at kd Whoa. i mean he, Wait, he also, where'd that come from that was <laughs> oh, left field delete Jeez. that delete it <laughs> no but guys get you know they make a business decision and they get out of the way god i i but i i do think there's like a pretty high percent chance that like you falls off the face of the earth <laughs> that's uh, classic smelts that's a classic smelts boomerang of pessimism that. and anxiety that's your anxiety disorder like talking he does make the right play a lot you know, and 
he's the least <clears throat> heat checky of any of these guys. Yeah. And that's why his three point percentage is so high because he only takes it when he's wide open. I mean, mm-hmm. he actually does. There's a few times he'll do the heat check. He's three been a little heat checky. Yeah. But he's not like like you talk about Seth and Joe. They do have to take their threes, and if they're one for seven, you that sucks. I wonder, though, if TJ Warren does become a guy I really end up trusting by the end of the year because he is very efficient as a scorer, and that's a, that's a great thing to have on your bench if you actually have an efficient microwave yeah. you know, heat check dude. Um, Seth Curry used to be the guy I trust the most, even more than Joe, and he's just kind of not been that consistent this year. I will say, though, the difference between TJ and Yuta for me is that, like, I and maybe this will change, and maybe this is, you know, him just kind of coming back and, and playing at a high level in a lot of minutes, but, like, TJ does get roasted by smaller guards in a way that Yuta just kind of, like, doesn't. Yeah, that's um, true. So, I don't know. For that for those reasons, that's that's my self-immolation for you, Mike. Yeah, I think I think if I'm ranking them, <clears throat> I don't know. I, I think I would still put Joe and Royce. Because Joe still does enough other kind of stuff that I like it, and I do like his. I I can rely. I feel like Joe's been through many more battles than Yuta. I not feel like it. I know he has. Mm-hmm. Um, and while I love Yuta, I I I'm guarding my heart. Yeah. I and maybe that's right because I'm I'm kind of prioritizing consistency in my argument. And you know, if I was gonna take that off the table, I might go Seth Curry just because like. I mean, we talked about this before, but I don't think, what was the last time you had a 29-point game out of Joe Harris? It feels like it's been years. Yeah. I mean, it, again, like, this is a great problem to have. That, that we have mm-hmm. these, that there's five guys that you can put around the two stars, Simmons and Claxton, that all could do something. I wish one of them was more of a straight-up point guard bro. Mm-hmm. Like, we talk about Malcolm Brogdon. It's just <laughs> like, if they, the Nets had a Brogdon type, it'd be... Yeah. That would really, I feel like, fill a big gap on this team. Um. Last question for you. Mm-hmm. Burning question. Please. Kind of talked about this before. Okay. Do the Nets mm. need, need to make a trade? Do they need to? Now, need? this goes into the, this goes into like, so there could, sure, do they need a backup center? I think they do need a more legit option off the bench, but you can maybe get that guy in the buyout market. We've seen yeah. dudes like that become available. Um, whether it's say, like a how Nerland's did, Noel, how did Dallas or, just stumble into Kimba Walker situation? I mean, like again, I don't want to be on that ride, and we're not gonna. I'm not advocating for that, but no one because he his knee is like even the president Nico Harrison who runs the Mavericks came out and was like after they signed him they're like we don't really know what we're gonna get because his knee is his it knee just, is basically yeah. it's like no one no one has any faith that his knee is gonna be good. Yeah, fair enough. Um, yeah, I mean. Need no. I'm going to say that full full throated. Don't don't need to make a trade. Um, are there ways to improve on the fringes? Probably, but it's not a not a capital N need for me right now. I would be interested to know what like a package of Joe Harris or <clears throat> Seth Curry and some stuff gets you. Like I want to. I would like to know that market. If you hear their names in the trade market. I would do my due diligence as Sean Mark should, as he probably does, which is like, what what does what does this stuff get me? Yeah. <laughs> what does the, Cam Thomas get me? Nothing. The other thing know. too is like I'm wondering if there's any other like if there's a market for a Cam Thomas style package. Um I know that <clears throat> this is now a meme on the show of us like doing this. And by the way, when we talk about trades, it's not because like we're just we're putting on our cynical businessman type hats, right? We gotta play disaffected yeah. um 
you know, GM Youth? here. Yeah. Degeneration gen, X. Um, and so when, so it's not because we, you know, have, you know, it's, I'm interested in the Cam Thomas project, but I know like if you're a like bad team right now, um, and Cam Thomas could get a lot of minutes. I bet Cam Thomas wants that situation right now more than oh God. that situation. I mean, I, I, I know he, he definitely savors the fact that he plays with Kevin Durant and Kyrie. Yeah. But Cam Thomas, but he can go to Houston and start. <laughs> yeah. yeah. And what happens with a Kevin Porter Jr. in Houston right. saying, I could, I could do that. Yeah. I could put up 20 a night if I yeah. was given the chance to do so. Exactly. I do wonder, there's just not like, so I, if you go through hoops hype and you look at like all the teams and all the rosters and who may be selling, there's just not that many teams that are selling because yeah. of the expansion of the playoffs with the 10 teams on e- in each conference who are getting into the play-in slash the playoffs. Um, the fact that Indiana is competitive and not a tanking team, the Wizards don't know if they're a tanking team. Um I think they should be. Yeah, I think the Wizards should tank immediately. Kyle Kuzma is that they're a tanking team. Tell you what, Kyle, and so Kuzma's is the name who is very intriguing. And I will say, if, if to kind of drop a bomb at the end of the episode, if you are the Nets and you are very excited about this team and you feel like if we can make one pretty big move, because there's a gap between. KD Kyrie are on a a tier Mm -hmm. in the NBA. Claxton is his own thing because he's like a specific role. He's the pick-and-roll center defensive bro. But then there's like a wide tier between KD Kyrie and like the rest of the roster. There's no sort of third guy. I like that you're you're taking Ben Simmons right out of the conversation. So if you're the Nets, part of what you're thinking is like, okay, we know we only have Kyrie for one more year. I don't know if we're going to resign him if we even want to. Do you say, what can Ben Simmons get us? Mm-hmm. What can a package of Ben Simmons, Cam Thomas, you know, whatever, Ben Simmons and Seth Curry, yeah, whatever it is, what can that get us? Because if you get a better third guy who's way more reliable, who is older, who obviously wouldn't have as much of an upside as Ben Simmons, but you're getting like 18 a game from that guy, seven rebounds, I mean, whatever. Like a Tobias Harris type. So right? Sell me this on... Washington's uh, side of the argument. Like, <clears throat> why do they want Ben Simmons for Kyle Kuzma? Because, well, because you could. So, if you're the Wizards, mm-hmm. um, you you take Simmons and think the upside play. Bradley Beal has been hurt with a hamstring injury that seems like it's just it's a classic uh, James Harden classic hamstring. Hammy. So, tricky. do you say Kuzma? We know is going to cost us the max contract potentially. Yeah, like Kuzma's veering towards max money. Um, he may not get that. I think he's better than John Collins, right? Like in general, oh, yeah. I think Kuzma's become a better player, and he gets twenty to twenty-five million dollars a year, whatever John Collins gets. I mean, Kuzma's averaging twenty-one points, nearly eight rebounds, three and a half assists, not forty-six percent from the field on eighteen shots. I mean, that's pretty solid. Um, he's he he's a guy who gives a shit, mm-hmm. and so. Kuzma is the perfect sort of third star to be a part of a, a team like this. Um, he would provide a little more size. He's reliability. your Antoine Jameson, Mike. He, he's very, yeah, he's very <laughs> much in that, that phyla. Mm-hmm. Um, and so, like, does Ben Simmons get you that? I mean, I think the Wizards suck, you know, and they, they, should, they should be tanking, and Ben Simmons is a great vehicle to tank. Yeah, he doesn't really help your win column that much, just on his own. <laughs> he just goes, you know. <laughs> 
Um, not not so, that they have a problem with that with Guzma. I think they're on like what a ten game losing streak. Or yeah, yeah, they've lost like they're like one in eleven in the past twelve. Games. But I think they almost beat the Lakers. I forget. It. I don't know if they won the game last night. I just want to look at who. Give me one. In, uh, indulge me for a second. Sure. I'm going to look at Kyle Kuzma's contract just to make sure I'm a hundred percent up to date because I don't. I think he's one more year. Oh, he's a player option for $13 million next year, meaning he's going to decline that and go yeah. into free agency. He's mm. essentially an expiring contract. So if you're the Wizards, you're thinking, well, we're paying Chris Stapps 36 next year on a player option, which Chris Stapps will probably pick up. We're paying Beal the most money of any player in the NBA right now, I think. Him and Dame Lillard, I think, make the top two. Mm. So if you're, and your team sucks, you say, well, why don't we get Ben Simmons? We trade, we package Kuzma and Will Barton. For Ben Simmons, the Nets send Ben and you know Cam Thomas or whatever, and we tank this year. We already have Beal locked into a contract, anyways. And you try to go for Wembenyama and whatever, you mm-hmm. know. Um, would you want Kyle Kuzma? What about Monty for- Monty Morris? Yeah, available too. I'll give you him. You All can right. have Kuzma and Monty Morris. That would be very nice. I kind of like that. Hey, I think we got a deal. I feel like the Wizard fan. You know, I'm a big Wizards fan, so yeah. <laughs> oh, no, we're never gonna do it. Um, yeah. You know, I think I don't. I don't know if the Wizards do it. Expect to that see. Would... Expect to see us get dragged on Twitter for these takes, Mike from <laughs> from Wiz Nation. I just I if I'm ranking the big moves that the Nets could make, just to finish up here. Yeah. It is the secret weapon of saying. We have Ben Simmons. He's not that good, but he's showing signs of improvement. He's on a long-term contract. He's young. Do you throw him into the mix to get like a B-level player, knowing that you're possibly giving up a guy who, if he figures it out, goes back to being potential all-NBA caliber star? But that's an increasingly unlikely scenario. Yeah, as time goes on, it's... As time goes on... It is... I mean, those, I realize. Those, we're going to have to start making those bets, Mike. Now's the time to be thinking about it. If nothing else, I'm glad that we had the conversation. I, I think it's a thought, a thought to be had and a discussion to be, to be made amongst all the credit Suisse bros and Magneto right there. Um, thank you for listening at BK glue guys on Twitter. That's daily.com. The athletic get yourself by the paywall at the athletic.com slash glue guys. Discord.gg slash glue guys and find us on real world at Ryan. What's your address? <laughs> yeah. Um, real yeah. good stuff, Mike. See you guys. See everybody. The Nets are back.